Hello, everybody. I'm Mayor Greg Fisher, and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. Uh, our city has really faced some historic challenges over these past 16 months, starting with the COVID-19 pandemic. And we're thankful that the leadership in Washington, D.C. recognized the needs of cities on the front lines of this crisis by providing American Rescue Plan funding. Our city's share of ARP funding is what we call the American Rescue Plan, ARP. We have $388 million coming to us, and it gives us the ability to meet some of our most urgent needs and relieve suffering that came from the pandemic. And there's still just way too many people in our community who continue to suffer both not just the health impacts, but the economic impacts from the virus. So today we're going to talk about the American Rescue Plan, what it can be used for, what it can't be used for, and what we need from our residents as we move forward. With us is Keith Talley. He's our strategic operations officer for the city and the center of our American Rescue Plan efforts. Keith, you're right in the hot seat, buddy. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've done quite a bit of preparation for the American Rescue Plan before we even knew it was coming into play. Uh, we're looking to build on our Build Back Bet Better Together initiative, and that will serve as a guide for this effort, as well as a community-driven program called the Path Forward. It's a document that we are also using to guide us. So let's talk about the steps we've already taken with ARP funding and then kind of next steps from there. Okay, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of work that's been done, prep work, planning to implement these funds. And, you know, really what we wanted to do, Mayor, was to make sure that we were efficient, effective, and most importantly, that, that we put these funds out there in an in a equitable uh, uh, manner. And so that work has been done. We completed the first phase, as you know, of the funding. Uh, we've got about $30 million approved. Uh, and what we wanted to do with that was to make sure that we got those immediate needs, those things uh, that, that would have an immediate impact. Uh, we worked closely with the Metro Council in order to do that. Uh, and we thought it would be best if we worked with existing programs uh, that were already meeting that need that we know is out there. And so in that regard, at 30 million, we funded about 12.2 million uh, to address uh, COVID. It is, the pandemic is still going on. It is still an issue in our communities. And so we wanted to make sure that funding continued uh, as we move forward. We did about 16.2 million to address um, uh, housing stability, just incredibly important. And so we have money that will go for the court diversion, uh, eviction diversion program, uh, the rental assistance program, utility assistance, um, and uh, toward some toward food distribution. And so keeping people stable at this point as the economy recovers, we saw it as a, as a real need. And then we also got a uh, million dollars included in that 30 million uh, to address a very uh, successful program, our ambassador program, uh, as people start to get back out, as our citizens start to be begin to enjoy our city again, as tourists start to come back, we thought it was important to, to enhance that and beef it up and see what we could do in terms of, of making sure folks enjoy themselves when they come to the city. So the ambassador program is focused on cleanliness and safety. Safety and, and, and helping folks that, that are in our city. Yes, sir. Yeah, so there was a lot of interesting discussion on this first slug that we put out. It's about 8% of the total or so where right. we said, this next wave will be coming out with recommendations probably in eight weeks or so. Yes. So that's when people will see more comprehensive programs for, for instance, homelessness, for instance. We want to make a significant 
reduction in homelessness in our community, get people off the streets, get them into services, transition them appropriately. So that'd be one example where you could see bigger programs that are more systems changing programs. Yes, and so you're right. The second phase is gonna be an opportunity to look at some of those systemic issues that we all know exist. And homelessness and affordable housing, of course, are long-term issues that we struggle with, that most big cities struggle with. And so we have an opportunity with the $388 million to really take a, a, a a, a good strong position in terms of addressing that going forward and so we expect that to see one of, be one of the uh, main priorities as we move forward and so my colleagues uh, uh, with uh, housing and, and, and in resilience and community services are working hard every day uh, putting a plan together on what's going to be best to address homelessness and affordable housing in our community. So that's a good example of what the purpose of the rescue plan dollars were for. The Biden administration has been very, been very clear. These funds are go to go to folks that have been most impacted uh, by the virus and then other broader impacts that our society has felt because of the pandemic. Yeah, I, they were actually very clear. And so uh, the guidance that we got out of, of Washington really said we want to do things that have a nexus to the COVID pandemic. Uh, in terms of the negative impacts that, that have been caused. And so we're looking for projects that will address those negative impacts. Uh, but they were also very clear that they wanted to address uh, equity uh, issues and systemic uh, problems that uh, have driven those equity issues in our communities. And so very clear about that. And so those are two main components of the, of the guidance that we got out of Washington, and we're trying to incorporate that into how we look at the proposals that come in. Yep. No, it's exciting because I mean, $388 million is a lot of money. You know, now, you could say, well, we have $2 billion worth of deferred maintenance in the city, so compared to that, it's not a lot of money. But in terms of really getting after some of these big community challenges that we just have not had the funds available to do, it's going to be very helpful in that regard. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and, and you were right. We can't do everything with the 388, but we can do a lot more than we've ever been able to do in the past with that amount of money. And so that's what we hope to see is those kind of transformational uh, projects and opportunities that are going to have some long lasting uh, impacts. And so we want to do more because we have more money than address symptoms. We want to address some of those systemic issues. So let's talk about that a little bit. We talked about some of the building blocks we already had in place, which was really good. We don't have to do the ground level planning that a lot of cities are having to do. So we have that with our Build Back Better Together plan already. The Path Forward document that was created by the community and then our Advancing Racial Equity plan that we uh, completed last November. So those are foundational documents, but then we want ideas from the community as well. So talk a little bit about this next stage, how we receive proposals, where we want them to come from. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm gonna back up a little bit because it's really important for folks to understand that having B3T build back better together and the uh, path forward work that we had previously done really gave us a great foundation and a great starting point to start having a conversation in, about what and where and how, where we put this money. And so we had a good place to start. And, and the important thing about both of those uh, documents and pieces of work is they were community driven. And so we had a lot of community impact in both of those processes, which means the things that we're looking at are the concerns and the priorities that we've already heard from our citizens. And so great starting point. Now, 
both of those documents are about a year old or a little, little older, and the pandemic changed a lot. So now we have an opportunity working with council uh, to talk to council, to talk to some of our stakeholders, which we plan to do, and some community meetings. And so to make sure we're still on track in terms of where the community has told us in the past through B3T and the path forward, what are the priorities and what are the concerns? And so we'll have that opportunity. Uh, and, and I think the goal is for us to get a consensus, an overall kind of consensus of what those priorities still are, because that prioritization is gonna make it easier for us to evaluate programs and make sure we get money where it will do the most good. And so you mentioned changes since the pandemic started and one of the big societal changes, unfortunately, both in our city and cities around the country has been the increase in gun violence. So we saw President Biden allow, allow community violence intervention investments to be eligible expenses under the American Rescue Plan. Yeah, and, and it, it is just a, a tragedy in, in, in our city and cities across the country. And so, you know, as you know, the, the budget, we are addressing gun violence. And as I've gotten into it, as you know, I'm working with the GVI program. The Group Violence Group Violence Intervention, yes, sir. One of the things that I understand that is that's just a piece of the issue. And so it really has to be a comprehensive, holistic approach to addressing gun violence. And a lot of those things are the things that we're going to try to address through the uh, ARP funding. And so some of the drivers for that are people who uh, have other issues in terms of affordable housing, not having decent housing, having food insecurities. Some of those things are driving some of the violence we see in the community. So that comprehensive approach trying to provide those resources and services to folks and then meeting them where the problem is, which is what GVI tries to do. Uh, all of that is going to be necessary in order to address that. And then having this additional funding as we get into it and we look at it, we look at what's working here, what's working across the country, that additional funding, if we have, we find additional needs, uh, I, I think that's an opportunity for us to put that money to work to address gun violence in our community. Well, one way to do that is through workforce skills training as well. So that's an eligible part of the rescue plan. So I'm very encouraged by some of the success we've seen in the community in areas of building a future work uh, technology uh, group here in Louisville, where we've been able to work with uh, targeted, identified groups to, that have a uh, desire to go into a technology career, have been not on that track so far. Uh, get the proper training for that, have a stipend for that while the training's taking place and a guaranteed job at the end of that. So I'm hoping we can scale up some of the programs like that, whether it's technology, healthcare, construction, with our rescue plan funds. And I just appreciate that they're eligible so we can move people out of poverty into family supporting wages and careers. No, and uh, it really just has to be a comprehensive approach. And so this is with that $388 million, this is an opportunity to really, as you said, ramp up all of those things that are going to be a benefit to taking people from a place where violence is a part of their life to a place where violence is no longer a part of their life. And it's going to take addressing housing, addressing education, access to health care, making sure they have healthy foods. All of those things impact uh, where someone is in, in their life. And so making those things better uh, are certainly going to drive uh, the reduction in gun violence, I think, in our community. So. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what's eligible. And also, uh, the U.S. Treasury Department is administering the program. They had a comment period that will be coming to close here pretty shortly so we, people can ask questions for what eligible expenses are. So how can people find out about what is eligible, 
how they can submit proposals on behalf of their groups and when their questions can be answered. Well, we have, they can go to louisvilleky.gov forward slash accelerator and there's a lot of information on there. There should be links on there that will take them uh, to the federal pages where they can look at uh, the, the Q&As and the FAQs that the gov federal government put out. And so that'll be available uh, to them. Uh, and then uh, we will, in the next month or so, be, uh, begin to put additional information out there. We'll talk about opportunities for the community to, to uh, uh, in community meetings to meet with us to talk about it. But e even on that, that website, there's a place for folks to express proposals and ideas that they have, their thoughts about what's important and what should be done with this money. So it's ample opportunity for folks to get involved in this process. Well, another way you can get involved is financially, right? I mean, what we're hoping here is that as we identify our priorities through our citizens' input and the work that we've done already, that there will be foundations in our community and around the country and businesses to say, uh, for example, hey, I'm very passionate about the reduction of homelessness. And please allow us as a philanthropy to add our ideas and align with you guys so we can make even deeper impact. So I'm hoping we'll see that from our foundations and our business community as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, because that'll take that three, $388 million and make it so much more powerful. And so instead of $388, maybe it's $500 million. The, the exponential impact of having that kind of, of leverage in, in, in the projects going forward uh, could, could be a game changer on top of the $388 million. And so I think we're going to have the opportunity to reach out to those stakeholders, to talk to them, try to make sure we have some alignment and some, some synergy in, in the good work that they already plan to do. And so if, if we're smart about it and we get together and we talk about it, we can just maximize that impact. Right. Well, and well, obviously we'll do that. There's other uh, funds, streams coming along with the American Rescue Plan already. Uh, we received about $11 million in grants from Housing and Urban Development to apply through their home funds, through homelessness reduction and affordable housing is one example, $4.2 million, public health and wellness receive that where we can work on some of our population health issues, social home uh, determinants of health, for example. The state received $760 million to help the child care industry. So we hope to get some of that as well. So we'll put all that together for maximum impact to our city. Yeah, just as you mentioned, a lot of different pots of money out there. And then there are still grants that will be available. They'll be competitive from, from the, the uh, HUD, from uh, Housing and Urban Development, from Department of Justice, from Department of Transportation. So there are still different pots of money that can be accessed in our community to, to complement uh, the $388 million in, in the ARP financing. Uh, and so, again, we can leverage all of the work that we do. We just have to be smart about it. Yeah. Well, that we will be. Yes. And, and we will work hard on it. We, <laughs> we know that as well. But, Keith, you've done a great job on all this. We appreciate the many contributions you're making to our city and look forward to a lot more. Now, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. All right. Very good. All right. We want to remind everybody to please share your ideas for our city's American Rescue Plan funding. And again, you can go to louisvilleky.gov forward slash accelerator. Until next time, thank you for joining us on the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast.